Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Mishkondorea. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut due to rights issues. This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Listening colour. Welcome to Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss, and today is our final Jazz Shapers of the 2021 season. And we've got a very special encore edition for you. That means, along with some particularly fine music, we welcome back a past business shaper, none other than Tom Thurwell, co founder and CEO of Copper 90, the digital first football media business. Tom, by the way, for those who didn't know, joined us in 2017, a mere four years have passed, and uh, very little has happened, as you would probably agree. After winning a YouTube tender in 2012 with their aim to produce fan-first, passion-led digital football content that, as Tom says, tell the stories outside of the 90 minutes that make the 90 minutes matter more, Copper 90 was born. But its true potential became clear at the 2014 Brazil World Cup. As Tom says, the traditional media outlets were in glass boxes and we were on deck chairs in the street parties, soaking up and projecting this fan culture. We looked at each other and said, this is more than just a YouTube channel. Copper 90 now reaches more than 70 million fans around the world monthly across multiple platforms with premium content series, documentaries and entertainment shows as well and offers, as he says, a full-service marketing solution providing fan intelligence for brands. And it's really good to have you back. Thank you very much. Very nice to be back. As you say, nothing much has happened no. since 2017. Um, Can't think but, of anything. Uh... <laughs> Tell me about you, though, and the business. Rude health in 2021, post or hopefully pretty much post the effects of this pandemic? Yeah, or are you still in recovery we're, mode? We're, we're, we're in good health, uh, thankfully. I think it would be fair to say that from you know March through to July last year, we were in survival mode, like a lot of companies. But with elite sport football cancelled during that period and you know everyone confined to their homes and I don't need to go over kind of what happened to us and the world but you know it was a it was a particularly precarious position that we found ourselves in particularly because of the uncertainty you know no one knew you know when when life was going to kind of return to something that resembles normality and here we are 15, 16, 17 months later, and it hasn't in large parts of the world. So we're thankful we took a lot of measures during that time to make sure that when football returned, we were in the best possible shape to sort of capitalise on that. I think the other thing that we did during that time was it was the first time since the the founding of Copper 90 that we actually had, as I described, the, the aeroplane was in the hangar. We weren't flying at you know, 300 miles an hour and making adjustments and trying to deliver tournaments and getting ready for seasons ahead. We we were genuinely on the ground like so many people and we made a promise to ourselves that when football returned, when we were sort of able to get back on our feet, that that we would refound the business in some ways. And so we made a lot of changes to make sure that that happened and jettisoned things that weren't working or we didn't enjoy doing. And that I would say is the main reason that we're in such good health as we lie today. We took a lot of difficult decisions and then kind of moved the business into a kind of new gear, August, September last year. And then we've benefited from that and we've become a better business. 
When you set the business up back in 2012, and that was actually the year that Jazz Shapers was founded as well, not quite as uh, momentous. No as, coincidence. No Dave. coincidence, Tom. Great things happened in 2012, including the Olympics and all sorts. If you cast your mind back, and I want to talk about what you jettisoned and how you, as you said, refounded it in a way, you kind of thought, hold on a minute, what's the go forward? Back in 2012, what were the one or two things that tipped you over the edge into creating Copper 90? And for those people that don't know what it is, just in your own words, describe as you describe it to people what it's about we're a fan first football business and what that means is that we concentrate far more on the stories outside of the 90 minutes we concentrate on the culture of the game and i suppose the the kind of single thing that was there when we founded it that is still there today which is football is a great unifier i mean sport is generally a, a brilliant unifier but football in particular, you know, it's watched, enjoyed, loved, supported in more countries than any other sport. With that comes its problems and its issues. And what we are focused on is how you use football to, for where football can be for, for good and where football can unite. And that has remained in place since October 2012 when we put our first film out to... You know, the film that we put out on the weekend about Scottish football and the impact that Scottish football has had on the rest of the world. For example, football has not travelled to, wouldn't have travelled to the four corners of the world if it wasn't for Scotland and Scottish people taking it to countries like Brazil and South America. And it's stuff like that that shows the similarities between us, that shows how, you know, we are united by this game and then trying to turn that into how we can then make the game better. And, and of course, and I'm just going to cross you for a moment because uh, we're going to get some more music, but of course, make that a commercial proposition as well, right. which we're going to hear all about very shortly. The commercial side of this, Tom, so what you've done over the years as I look at it is you've created incredible content, which is real, which has soul to it, which, as you said, has some kind of, it's positive, mm -hmm. has positive, gives positive vibes often is, is a good thing. But of course, you're running a business. At mm. the end of the day, you're doing that. Tell me how you help brands get into this space. Because I imagine, the, is the model generally predicated on either selling information to brands or allowing them to advertise on the platform or a bit of both? Yeah, less, less to do with advertising on the platform. We're not really a publishing model. Okay. What we do with brands is the, the reason why an EA or a Pepsi or a Budweiser come to us is because we are steeped in knowledge and understanding and insight of football fans because we talk to them, engage them, tell stories to and with them every day of the year and have done since the launch of the business. And because of that, these brands come to us because we understand the culture of the game. And if they are brands like the ones I've listed that are big sponsors in football, are you know selling products to football fans, wanting to reach football fans, there is no more credible or authentic way of doing that I believe, than through Copper 90 and through the stories that we tell. It is not a cut-and-paste solution for one brand to the other. We look very hard at what a brand is looking to achieve in the game, and then we deliver insightful, data-driven, but culture-driven ideas and solutions to them. Invariably involves you know, filmed content because we're known for our storytelling through film, and that is why they come to us and why we have such a proud record with some of the biggest brands in the world at delivering that. But it's emphatically not a publisher model, which is a, you know, a, a big point of difference. Yeah. And in terms of just you and coming to this, and Copper 90 wasn't your first 
business that you set up, you've done others. Your background is in kind of marketing and advertising yeah. and, and media as well. <laughs> the team that you've created, because the business has got much bigger now, how many people now work for you across this three is it three different locations is that um right? no we are uh, in a single location in london now okay i think that um you know life coming into the pandemic across the pandemic meant it it made no sense to have offices in new york and la uh we were running everything from london so so we've we've really sort of sort of compacted the business um, around kind of London and what we do there. Mm. We rely far more now on our creator network and our partner network around the world rather than having physical presence in cities and, and countries. It's, it's, and there's thousands of them. Yeah, we got three and a half thousand uh, at least. And that's, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier in terms of the things that we sought to change coming out of the kind of main lockdown last summer which was we had this incredible creative network around the world and we weren't able to fly. Therefore, our production model shifted from 90% of our content being made in-house to now 95% of our content being brought to us and curated and funded by our creator network uh, you're, you're, you're like, the world. You're sort of like a blockchain for creativity. It's a distributed ledger of creatives, uh, Tom, right around the world. Uh, and I want to talk about cryptocurrency as well, because yes. I think you've got a head of crypto, haven't you? That's right. Cri- which we're going to talk about as well. There's lots to talk about with Tom. He'll be back in a couple of minutes. But right now, we're going to hear a taste of the Michigan Academy digital sessions. They can be found on all the major podcast platforms. Michigan Derez, Martha Averly, and Matt Robinson talk about equity, diversity, and inclusion with regards to recruitment and how employers can recruit in a fair but diverse way. Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions. Conversations on the legal topics affecting businesses and individuals today. Even if a business is acting with noble aims in terms of trying to recruit in a diverse and inclusive way, it may still be acting unlawfully by acting outside the limits set out in the Equality Act 2010. Matt, do you have any practical steps employers can take to recruit in an inclusive but lawful way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the first one, which I think is something that people have been doing for a while now, is to try and use blind recruitment strategies. Studies show unconscious bias towards particular names and, you know, people going to certain universities or schools. Now, obviously, this is something that's easier to do at the beginning stages in terms of sifting CVs. But you can also look at early stage interviews in large recruitment processes where you send candidates written questions, for example, then as the process develops into face-to-face calls and meetings, you know, obviously it's not possible to continue that. But the idea is that by that point, you'll have broadened out the diversity of the pool of candidates in the later stages of the process. Another example is unconscious bias training. Now, obviously, there has been some recent negative press around unconscious bias training. I know the government don't seem to appreciate it, but I think what it can help people realize is that we all have biases and there is concern and evidence that people often want to recruit in their own image and when your existing workforce isn't diverse in the first place then that lack of diversity is perpetuated so you know whilst it is difficult to apply in practice i think if you ensure that people involved in these recruitment processes or promotion decisions are aware of their biases it may increase the diversity of the candidates that are ultimately selected the mishcon academy digital sessions to access advice for businesses that is regularly updated please visit mishcon.com jazz shapers on jazz fm in partnership with mishcon 
It's business, but it's personal. All our former business shapers await you on the Jazz Shapers podcast. And indeed, you can hear this very program again if you pop Jazz Shapers into your podcast platform of choice. Or if you have a smart speaker, why not ask it to play Jazz Shapers and it should oblige with a taster of our recent shows. But back to today's guest. He's my last in the current series in 2021. It's Tom Thurwell. He was last with me in 2017. He's the co-founder and CEO of Copper 90, the digital first football media business. Um, and we've been talking all about all sorts of things. You mentioned the pandemic and what, mm. what it meant in terms of jettisoning bits of the business that you know weren't working as well. How did you personally feel challenged as the leader of this business? I've spoken to a lot of people about this, and we, you talked about ambiguity and not really knowing when it's going to come back. Yeah. You talked about yet yeah, having to make tough decisions. You talked about you know the, the plane being in the hangar for the first time. Where did that leave you emotionally? Um, I think from, a, from an emotional perspective, it, it sort of left you feeling very vulnerable, actually, uh, because you, or I, I'll talk about myself in the first person, I felt that... I should be in a position to give people certainty, security, and I couldn't do that, particularly April, May, June time of last year because no one knew where any of this was going or whether football would return or what was going to happen with the economy or jobs. There was talk about being a next Great Depression and it really made you go back to first principles. It was it was a survivalist mentality, whether that's with family and looking after family and friends and you know there was a real time where I think the world sort of turned in on itself and was looking very much at, at the basics of of kind of life really and appreciating the basics of life you know clapping healthcare workers and saying thank you to you know essential workers whether they were picking up your bins or serving food or, or what have you we we really returned to a I think a very basic perspective on life and so I suppose, yeah, vulnerability was that the overriding feeling during that time because you do feel very responsible for the people that you employ, the culture and the community of the business that we'd built, and all of that was being challenged. So, so yeah, it was a very difficult time from that perspective. It sounds like you've obviously had time to reflect and personally and also professionally. Do, do you think you're a better leader of a business now than you were before this? I think that is definitely for others to judge. What I will say is that when we were considering, you know, doing that sort of planes in the hangar perspective, one of the things that I was absolutely certain of that I wanted the business to be a better business moving forward. And for that to happen, it needed to be more robust. So we concentrated on, again, first principles of building a, a really good, solid, profitable and sustainable business. And then the other thing that I wanted to be was I wanted... Copper 90 to be a, a, a sort of better representation of what football can become. Uh, so I wanted to build a, a more diverse business. I wanted to build a more inclusive business. I wanted to build a business that entrusted the future of what we were doing with young creators and different voices and diverse voices around the world. And all of that combined to produce a new model for the business and this refounding of the business that that we did that led us to come out of August, September time once football had returned and, you know, lockdown had loosened. I think we came back as a better version of Copper 90. Whether that means that I'm a better version or a better leader, as I say, I'll leave that for others to judge. But we're certainly a better business. You talked about vulnerability 
And it got me thinking about what you've also been trying to do, or you are doing rather, with regard to supporting men's mental health. You've got a, a relationship with mind. Tell me a bit about that. Has that come through what you've been feeling or has it come through the, the larger zeitgeist of men are now talking more about mental health and I'm not saying that you know it's any more important, definitely isn't more important than women's mental health, but it's a thing now that you know historically men have not talked about how they're feeling. Mm. Where's that initiative come from? I think it, it, as always it comes from all directions. So yes, there is a, without a a doubt, as you call it, a, a kind of zeitgeist, a, a sort of movement to get men talking more. I think suicide is highest amongst sort of men in their kind of forties. I think teenage depression, more broadly, both boys and girls, is one of the most sort of you know depressing sort of features of this new social era. So we, alongside a number of other initiatives, I have to say, in the mental health space, you know, wanted to make a film with Mind. I think mental health during lockdown was obviously concerns around that and talking about that ramped up uh, massively during that period. And so we wanted to kind of tell a story through the lens of football. And I think there was, in some ways, like looking at empty football stadiums whilst teams were playing was, yes, it was great to see football back, but there was something quite soulless and depressing in a way that they were playing in front of empty stadiums. And so we made that film with mine because we thought that there was that was the time to tell that story. Historically, we've also, using our creators and our creator network, we told a story about how kind of teen depression was being addressed through the lens of football in the Arctic Circle, for example, and how an annual football tournament brings teenagers together in that part of the world that just didn't exist until that tournament was organised and the benefits of that. So I think we're always trying to find stories that have massive human interest, massive cultural interest, but ultimately kind of football is the, the touch point. And over the history of Copper 90, whether that was organising a, a football tournament in the jungle refugee camp to try and help capture the story of and the plight of refugees through the lens of football to, you know, the mental health films that I've you were just asking me about, that is at its very heart what I believe Copper 90 does best and why it makes us different from the normal media coverage of who's the best footballer in the world and, you know, who's going to win at the weekend type narrative, which is well served and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not the place that we choose to play. Stay with me for our final chat with my guest today, Tom Thurwell, for what will be the last few minutes of Jazz Shapers in 2021 and who better to spend it with than Tom. We've also got some brilliant Up On Your Feet music from Anne Peebles. That's in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Kondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Tom Thurl was my business shaper just for a few more minutes in 2021. It's not quite New Year's Eve, but it might be soon. I love the fact that you have double down and focus on values and on what matters to the human condition and, and how sport can do that and bring it forward. But what's going to happen next, Tom? Where does this, where does your business go and how do you retain the soul of it? Because the, you know, the football industry around you has sort of gone on and off course a little bit with the didn't happen European Super League with all sorts of stuff around money and with issues in the game and, in, and indeed in sport. 
What's going to be your purpose and your business's purpose in the next few years? Our purpose is to continue, if not double down, on helping football find its soul uh, in a line. Uh, and what I mean by this is that I mentioned football's ability to kind of unite and the universal language that is football. But we've also seen the ugly side of football this year. You know, uh, an England football team that reached a final suddenly... A group of people with, you know, racism coursing through their veins then turned on the three black footballers for missing their penalties. We saw greed on a epic, organised and then very quickly vanished scale, you know, come into the game around the European Super League and fans' voices were, were heard. We also saw the sort of storming of the Wembley barricades by a number of fans during the Euro. So it's it's wrong to think that football doesn't have its problems and doesn't reflect society kind of more broadly. If we can do our bit to help football find its soul, whether that is trying to change governmental kind of policy and there's a review of football that we have stuck our nose into that's going on at the moment with the Tracy Crouch-led review of the game, there is a Women's Euros next summer on home soil and working with partners to make sure that that doesn't turn into a sort of festival of misogyny and women's football is seen as, you know, this great new soulful iteration and an extension of the game that people should sort of joyfully be a part of rather than the cynicism that very often surrounds conversations of, of women's football. I have to say, with a certain demographic, with a certain group of people, with a certain viewpoint... So those are the things we're targeting, you know, looking at where football can be better and where football influences wider society to kind of target those as, as areas that Copper 90 wants to kind of live, grow and for the betterment of the game. That must be right. And thank you for coming in again four years later, for Absolute sharing pleasure. where you're at. And it feels like um, even though stuff has happened feels like you've more than come out the other side. It feels like actually there's much more focus and, and, and as you've rightly said, much more purpose to the business and that's brilliant. Just before I let you disappear, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? So my song choice is David Bowie, Young Americans. David would be celebrating his 75th birthday in January. I'm a big fan. I think some of his words and his music uh, are never more relevant than they are today. So yeah, I wanted to bring that one in for the Jazz FM listeners to enjoy. That was Young Americans from David Bowie, the song choice of my Jazz Shapers Encore special guest today, Tom Thurwell. He talked about refounding the business and going back to first principles when COVID struck. He talked about embracing being vulnerable and how that's what it was like as a leader. And really importantly, the go forward and where this all took him was to redefining and sharpening their purpose around helping football find its soul. Brilliant stuff. That's it from me and Jazz Shapers. Be well, relax, keep healthy, and we'll see you in the new year. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. We hope you enjoyed that edition of Jazz Shapers. You'll find hundreds more guests available for you to listen to in our archive. To find out more, just search Jazz Shapers in iTunes or your favourite podcast platform, or head over to mishkon.com forward slash jazzshapers.